0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ. This is the 32nd sermon in a series of sermons on the Sunday Epistle readings. Today's reading is from the book of Philippians. Philippi was an ancient city, in fact, it was the first city of Europe then became Christian, it's located in what is modern-day Macedonia. So if anyone ever asks you, what, what is the Orthodox Church, well just say, well, we're the church that was in Philippi, and in Corinth, and Ephesus, and uh, Thessaloniki, and so on. Give them something to think about. <clears throat> So Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians. And the passage today is is, uh, six verses. And every verse is like a sermon of its own. In fact, I could preach six sermons from this one passage. But I'll only preach one today. But what I'm going to do is Monday through Friday of this coming week, Holy Week for us, Every morning at 9 a.m., we will be having a service, and I'm going to preach on each of these verses because each one of them is just so packed with power and good advice and direction, and the good grace of God is just poured out upon Paul as he preaches these words to us. So, I want to preach on each one of these verses. The first verse is very simple. And it's, uh, but it's so important. <clears throat> rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Back when we were in the Evangelical Orthodox Church, we used to sing a hymn that was just this one verse. And we would sing this in the form of a, of a round. I think it was actually a four-part round. But we would just sing, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say Rejoice. I will not read the other five verses today, but we'll get to them, like I said, during Holy Week. I wanna tell you a couple stories to illustrate this. You know, we don't always feel like rejoicing. Sometimes you just, you maybe have a bad day. Some people struggle with depression. And it's not something they choose. They just, I mean, it's just a, it's an ailment, kind of like uh, arthritis or diabetes or whatever. You know, depression is a very crippling disease. And, and, and you don't always feel like rejoicing. There was a, there was a guy one day, he, he was a Christian, but uh, one morning he just couldn't get out of bed. He just did not feel like going to church. So he just laying in bed and just tossing and turning and trying to catch some more sleep and his wife comes in and says, honey, it's time to go to church. You know, you're going to be late. He said, I'm just not going today. I just don't feel like it. I'm, just, I'm not up to it today. So she left him for a couple minutes, let him kind of wake up and then she went back and said, honey, it's time to go to church. We've got to get going. Come on, let's get going. I'm just not going. I just don't, I just don't feel like it. Finally, she just kept nagging him. Finally, she said, I want you to give me three good reasons why you shouldn't go to church today. He said, I'll give you three reasons. I don't like the people, they don't like me, and the preacher is so boring. She looked at him and said, well, I'll give you three reasons why you should go to church. First of all, you are a Christian. Second, you're a grown man. And third, you're the preacher. Now, I want to tell you a more serious story. There was a man who suffered this kind of depression. And he, he actually grew up in a Jewish family, Jewish home. He was raised a good Jew, but he just didn't really, his heart wasn't in it. So when he got out of the home, he went off to school, he just threw it all away. He became a a secular humanist. Secular humanist is someone who really doesn't believe in faith or church and who basically puts all his trust in just being human. No need any help from God. Uh, Secular humanists tend to be liberals or progressives. And they tend to not be as happy as conservatives and as Christians. But many secular humanists get by, okay, but this, this guy, he didn't do well as a secular humanist. Of course, he, he went to college, he got married, he had a child, but he, he wrestled with depression. And one day, he was like about at his lowest point. He, he was, living, I think, living in New York City he lived in an eight-story building, apartment building, and he was just really down. He, he, he was actually con- considering suicide. And he was uh, sitting in his room, bedroom and he, he was a writer. He was trying to write, but he, he wasn't having any success. He was just really stuck, stuck in his depression. He was smoking a cigarette. He was drinking some bourbon or whiskey or something. And he was thinking, you know, Man, I should just go up to the top of this building and just jump off the building. My wife would be better off. I'd be better off. Everybody would be better my, my daughter would be better off, you know, if I just, just ended it. So he had these really bad thoughts. Well, he was, the radio was on in his room, and he, but he wasn't really paying attention much to it, but it was a, a New York Mets game. And it was kind of in the background, but he it caught his ear because... They were in the ninth inning and um, bases were loaded and Gary Carter was up to bat. Now, Gary Carter, this guy hated Gary Carter because Gary Carter was a Christian and he was an outspoken Christian. Every time after a game, they'd interview Gary Carter and talk about the game and how he did and all he'd always throw Jesus into there somehow. He'd give glory to God. Or he'd thank Jesus Christ for being his savior or something like that. And whenever he did that, this guy just really hated it. It made him cringe to hear them talking about Jesus. So in this game, bases are loaded. The game is tied. It might have even been a World Series game, actually. Because the, the, Bet- the Mets won the World Series, at, I think, in 1986. Miracles do happen. <laughs> but anyway, Gary Carter's up to bat. Now, Gary Carter had played 12 years for the Montreal Expos, he was a great catcher. But he had pretty much worn his knees out playing for the Montreal Expos. He spent last about the last five of his years of his career with the um, New York Mets. So he's up to bat. Now, he's a power hitter. He's hit a lot of home runs. In fact, he, you know, baseball is, has more statistics than any other game there is. You've got a statistic for everything in baseball. Well, they, one of his records was he was the only, only batter who hit two home runs in both an All-Star game and a World Series game. But he's a power hitter. Now, he, he was still a catcher, but he probably wasn't a whole lot, he wasn't really good at a catcher, as a catcher anymore. He would pretty much worn out his knees, but he's a good hitter. So he gets up the bat, power hitter, and the pitcher throws a curveball, and he takes a big swing, and he hits the most pathetic little ground ball in the infield. But somehow, he ran to first base and beat the throw to first base. And of course, the guy on third scored and the game was over. He won the game. And so, this guy, he's in his depression. He's listening to this. It's caught his attention, of course, side game. And of course, he he continues to listen and they do the the post-game interview. (laughs) And he's just thinking, oh man, this guy's gonna just talk about Jesus again. And so the interviewer saying, oh, man, Gary Carter, you, you, you knocked in the winning run, but how did you get to first base with your knees just all worn out? How did you get to first base? Beat out that throw to first base. And he looked at him and he said, he thought he, thought he was going to say, well, the Lord help me or Jesus help me, but he didn't. He didn't say anything like that at all. He just said, sometimes you have to play through the pain. Sometimes you have to play through the pain. And this was exactly the thing that this man needed to hear at that moment in his life. He stopped and he thought, you know, I'm a tough guy. I can can play through this pain. I can play through the pain. And he did. He got through that day something started happening in his heart. Got through that day and he went on and his life got a little better. And one day he was reading a novel and he, he liked to read uh, kind of mystery novels and he had a particular, uh, like a detective character that he, he really identified with, he liked. and So he was reading his novels. And one, one time he's reading this novel and, and somehow in the context of the story, it said that this, this character that he really liked said a prayer. I don't know what kind of prayer it was. Just He, he said a prayer. And the guy, this guy who suffered with depression he thought, you know, I can say a prayer. So that night, before he went to bed, he said a very simple prayer, three-word prayer. He said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. He woke up the next morning, and it was like he woke up in a whole new world. Everything he saw was beautiful. Everything, every sound he heard was, was, made his heart feel full of love and, and hope. And his life got better. And eventually he, through various circumstances, he became a Christian. He was reading, he was sitting down and reading the Bible, or the Torah. No, it wasn't the Torah, but he was reading the Bible, and it was Isaiah chapter 53. And every verse in that chapter was about this person, Jesus. And he eventually became a Christian, gave his life to Christ, and, and uh, turned his life around. But the point of the story is that. we have to sometimes play through the pain. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not just when you feel like it. Not just when things are going good. But in every situation, rejoice in the Lord always. You have to exert your will. If you struggle with depression, it's not something you choose, but you have to choose to fight through it. Sometimes it takes medication, sometimes it takes counseling, sometimes it takes uh, all kinds of things, it takes support. but it does take a certain level of will of your own part of saying, okay I'm going to I'm going to trust in God and I'm going to reach out and, and play through the pain, or better yet, pray through the pain, <laughs> not play through the pain." And then the other point is that culture matters. Gary Carter his big thing was baseball but he was part of a part of the culture and he did his part to make our culture better to be salt and light where he was and that little witness of his became something that this man it really it very possibly saved this man's life his witness. And then the novel that he read and The Man Prayed, that kind of literature where just saying that a man prayed helped this man come to faith in Christ. Culture does matter. So anything we can do in our culture to make it beautiful and rich and holy and pure and all these things makes a difference. My children in Christ, let us be obedient to the exhortation of St. Paul today. Let us rejoice always in all things. Again, I say, let us rejoice. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Amen.